part of our growth strategy uh, at the time when other Segway dealers in particular uh, decided that this wasn't the, the right model for them. Uh, we've had an opportunity to uh, grow by, by buying uh, assets and resources of other businesses. And that's allowed us to have a stronghold in the markets that they previously served. Hi, and welcome to the 91 Day Success Podcast. I'm Jonathan, and today I've got the pleasure of speaking with John Smith. Uh, John actually is an expert in the e-mobility solution space and owns multiple companies in that area. And I'm going to let him share with us today a lot about what that space means, why it's such an exciting space to be in right now, and also share some of his wisdom and stories that he's learned over the years as he's built just an amazing group of businesses in that space. So John, welcome. And can you kind of give us a start with kind of a, a 30 second elevator pitch of who are who's John and, and talk to us about your businesses in the e-mobility space. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, I appreciate you including me on the podcast today. So uh, I started this whole career in the automotive industry and I quickly realized that there was a need for last mile transportation and micro mobility. And so uh, my wife and I did a, a quick Segway tour back in 2010 and I was passionate about the product from day one and that kind of turned into a love of how we can bring mobility solutions to our customers and we've added Segways and electric bikes and scooters and go-karts and mopeds so we not only provide fun recreation products but we've also been able to start to to reach the public safety community and and help them with their transportation needs and that that's turned into quite a quite an expansive operation and uh, we're we're excited to be in this space well that's great i know you've got multiple businesses again across the country from various aspects and i'll, I'll let you explain some of that in particular the the two dealerships the one in michigan and one in florida I know my experience with e-mobility really is, is limited to having rented some Segways when I was on vacation a couple of years ago and doing one of those Segway tours that you talked about. And I know I was just amazed at how effective of devices I thought they were for, for getting around and that I can only imagine as you talk about the public safety sector in particular, about how much those devices can help their staff get around, whether it do crowd management or event management or just working their beat. Can you share a little bit, a bit about what value do those e-mobility solutions bring to that sector and how do they help, you know, our, our public safety officials and stuff do their jobs better? Yeah, thank you. Uh, so what, what I see in the public safety space is a of course, a need to connect, engage with the community, right? And so I, we, we've all heard uh, a, a lot of the news stories. And uh, what we're seeing is this increased reaching out and in, in connective tissue uh, between community and public safety. And so these tools, segways and electric bikes and trikes are all products that we sell and, and service and support allow police and fire EMS 
to to engage. Uh, they are not in a vehicle. They are out in the public on these devices. And it really gives a, a, a way to, to start a conversation, to be authentic and uh, within the community. And so uh, that's that's been a great tool to, to help foster some of those relationships and really support those who are supporting our community. And meanwhile, they still have a chance to opportunity to respond and do their day job uh, because the, the equipment uh, allows them to uh, quickly respond to an emergency and, and still carry out their their much needed day-to-day uh, -day operations. Now, I know that the mobility solutions have expanded far beyond the Segway that I referred to and that you mentioned as well. Can you tell us a little bit about, I know uh, Pedigo is one of the main companies that you work with as well. Can you tell us a, I guess I've seen the electric bikes, I've seen the Segways, but I know there's so many different mobility solutions out there. Can you tell us a little bit about those for those of us that maybe aren't as familiar with what options exist and what type of transportation or, you know, mobility exists there? Yeah, thank you. So we do, uh, you, you mentioned Segway. So Segways, uh, we can customize and personalize them for different department needs uh, with utility bags or saddle bags and uh, that allows them to carry their day-to-day -day equipment and, and be able to again respond to an emergency or just be present uh, during an event. Uh, the electric bikes we sell are Pedigo electric bikes and so they also have utilitarian bags and, and accessories. Uh, we recently started to offer uh, EMS trailers, so they are they are trailers that attach to the bikes and allow uh, almost like a backboard type backboard on wheels. So we can haul patients out of uh, trail situations or events and get them to awaiting responding uh, emergency vehicles. And then thirdly, a, a key product that we sell is called the trike. It's a three-wheeled uh, wedge-shaped unit that allows uh, public safety officials to, to stand up and, and ride around, uh, still engaging with the public. And in fact, uh, we've, we've worked with Royal Oak Police as well as Detroit Metro Airport Police um, uh, delivering trike units. So the, that's been beneficial in working with those agencies. And we're continuing to, to meet with public safety departments throughout the country to see how we can support their needs as well. well it's just amazing to hear about all the various things that are out there. And uh, I can only imagine the, the value of some of those, um, as you mentioned, just even that, that EMS cart, the ability to get a, a patient off a trail or out of a, a venue or something. And, to a place where emergency vehicles can get. I, yeah, that's really, really cool. So, John, I know your business started off in Detroit, and you've really expanded from there. For those of us that are watching, a lot of us are business owners in that, and we love to hear stories about how your business has grown and, and how, in your case, that's turned into multiple businesses in the same vertical. Can you share with us a little bit about the start of your business and what that looks like now and what some of that, what's caused some of that growth? Yeah, uh, thank you. So I, 
again, the start of our business was in 2010, again, just from a, a, a little tour operation. And it, it's amazing how opportunities present themselves, where one of my customers who rented said, where can I buy these segues? And I didn't have an immediate answer, but I knew that I was going to help him solve his problem. And so I said, I can, I can help you purchase those. And we then found out how we could help him purchase those after the fact. So that turned into just helping customers solve their, their needs, solve their problems. And that's, that's been our philosophy all along is how do we help solve problems? And as we've continued to migrate and we see key trends of, uh, electric mobility solutions. Uh, the auto industry has brought us great battery technology. And um, again, the, the trend of the, the need for connectivity within our community. I think those two key trends uh, have aligned well with our business growth. Uh, so as we continue to offer last mile and micro mobility transportation solutions, uh, and, and some of these trends emerging really have allowed us to grow, uh, but more importantly, been able to support our customers and, and their needs. Well, it's, it's, a, it's been great to see some of that. Um, tell us a little bit, if you would, about the different businesses now. I know um, you've got, uh, and I don't want to misrepresent here, but I know you've got aspects that deal with Segway and you've done a lot, if I'm not mistaken, you're the largest Segway repair facility in the United States, I believe. Uh, I know you do a lot with Pedigo and, and some others as well. And you've got locations, I believe in Detroit area and Orlando area, if I'm not mistaken. Am I more or less correct on those? Yes. Uh, so we are based both in uh, near, near Detroit uh, in the town Wald Lake, Michigan. Uh, it's about 30 miles northwest of Detroit. And ironically, in Florida, Mount Dora is roughly 33 miles northwest of Orlando. So we are serving uh, both central Florida and uh, metro Detroit in, in location. Uh, but we do have customers throughout the country. And on the Segway side of our operation, we have become the largest repair dealer and advanced repair dealer we we own uh two of three in the country that can do this advanced repair of segways and so that's that's made it very beneficial to uh, support tour companies uh, and police departments and individual owners of segways uh, it's i of course it's a very niche audience but because we cast such a wide net we're able to to serve customers in every state of, of the country so far in in doing this business uh, on the pedago side we we have a more localized uh within our our trade areas closer to our our respective uh dealerships and so we we typically uh do business uh with our bikes in in those local areas um, but we, we've also, uh, found a way to, um, in, increase our, our offerings by offering a Segway easy ship program. And that program allows customers to receive a, an official Segway box to 
pack their their uh, needed re repair needed items in it, send it to us, and then we will fix them and ship it back. So it, we've made it convenient for customers to engage with us. And that's a, allowed us to, to serve customers in, in remote places and various places throughout the country, even Alaska and Hawaii. Oh, wow, that's, that's really cool. Well, John, one of the things you mentioned, and certainly something I enjoy learning about as I talk to business leaders across the United States on the podcast, is niching down and finding a, a niche or niche, however you say that word, but finding one that works for you. You really have defined a, a very specific niche with what you're focused on. How do you think that has helped you be become an expert in that as well as how do you think that's helped you nationally gain a recognition because of that expertise? In other words, has that niching down been beneficial? Yes, it has. Um, so part of our growth strategy uh, at the time when other Segway dealers in particular uh, decided that this wasn't the, the right model for them, uh, we've had an opportunity to uh, grow by, by buying uh, assets and resources of other businesses. And that's allowed us to have a stronghold in the markets that they previously served. So then, you know, if we buy a, a business in out West, uh, then suddenly we have customers that had been doing business with them prior. So, and then we get their, their resources and, and, um, and start to have some some easy ends with their customers. So so having the supplies and customers, uh, it's allowed us to, to grow quickly. And uh, suddenly our our name Great Lakes Segway uh, started to have a national presence and and um, uh, being recognized uh, among customers throughout the country. Well, very cool. I I think that's. It's just so exciting to hear how that business has grown. And I love, in your case, how that, that idea and everything really sprouted from uh, just an, uh, an event, you know, that, that tour that you and your wife originally went on and how one thing led to another. And, and now years later, you've got a thriving business with multiple locations and multiple businesses underneath that umbrella, uh, all supporting that same e-mobility solutions that we've talked about. As you take a look at the future and, and we take a look a couple of years down the road, what types of trends do you see um, or changes do you see happening in the e-mobility industry, John, that you think would be relevant to the, you know other businesses? Mm -hmm. So I, I think the auto industry is driving a lot of these trends, uh, but there's a, there's a migration from fossil fuel to electric. And that has uh, improved the technology for uh, for bikes and for segways and other mobility devices. That's allowed us to to increase the range, and uh, for consumers who rely on those batteries to 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 be able to enjoy the product longer. And um, so that that's allowed for for people to embrace the technology. And we, we definitely are seeing a lot of people buying electric bikes uh, that 
uh, didn't even consider it a couple of years ago. And it quickly uh, changed the landscape of uh, how people are riding bikes and, and, uh, and Mabel's, uh, you know, seniors who um, are, are needing a little assist can ride uh, 60 miles and use the, uh, the pedal assist and the throttle to, to get them around further. And um, also uh, we're seeing streetscapes change where uh, I know for an example in Detroit, uh, uh, along Jefferson Avenue, they've added a bike lane where that was mm -hmm. right, right in the heart of the automotive industry down the street from GM headquarters, there's a bike lane. Right, we wouldn't have seen that a, a couple decades ago. It was more, how do we get more car sales, and how do we, how do we get people to, to buy cars? And now the the thought is, how can we transport? How can people transport themselves, or or how can we aid them in their transportation? So that's that's been a big shift in 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 our thinking as a as a society, and. You know, we are right at the heart of that trend. Well, I can imagine, and I, I can imagine some of the things you're seeing really are having a dramatic impact in in the e-mobility solution. Because unlike the the vehicle side, or even I know the trucking side that they're talking about, um, where obviously sometimes you know those. The, I think of an article I recently read about. Um, you know, trying to figure out how to how to John Deere was trying to use batteries for some of its largest tractors and some of the the difficulty they run into there just due to different landscapes and weight and and run times on the e-mobility solution stuff that you're working on. It seems like such a natural fit because that same technology, but shrunk down obviously to the appropriate size, can have such huge value in those areas that we've talked about, especially. Um, when we're talking about more municipal areas and the ability, whether it be to ride trails or to be at a venue or anything like that, I just, I think that's, that's, it's so cool to see how all that's kind of coming together and, and hear how some of those advances in the automotive world are also driving into the e-mobility space to drive, drive change there. So that's really exciting. Um, one of the things I love to always ask John is, as a business owner, somebody who's had experience in growing a business and that, uh, as we look forward economically, I know a lot of people are expecting some uh, rough rough water, so to speak, over the next year or two economically. And we're seeing more people considering maybe starting a side hustle or deciding that maybe due to necessity of a layoff or whatever, they actually need to start a business. As a, a seasoned business person, what advice would you give to someone that's contemplating that move? If they say, hey, you know, um, I'm, I'm at that point where I really want to start a side hustle or I want to try to do something uh, or I, I'm in a spot where I want to start my own business. As a, an entrepreneur, what advice might you share with somebody in, in those shoes? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So what I've found is you need to find something unique, right? And it could be really in any any area but you know as you interact with with people and day to day and and talk to enough people i think you will find where there are missing links or opportunities to to help solve problems 
And, you know, when you start to identify the problems that you can help solve, uh, really be methodical, really think through what it is that how you can help solve those problems. And then once you've, you've done your research and you've, you've put a lot of thought and prayer into um, defining the opportunity, then go and, and talk to uh, some, some business advisors. Uh, there's a lot of free resources. Uh, I know particularly in Michigan uh, with MEDC and Small Business Administration and, and other resources uh, that you, they can help you uh, find financing and uh, help you define your, your business strategy. And a, a lot of these resources are, are provided at, at no cost or, or funded on taxpayer dollars. So that there are great tools out there that can help uh, budding business owners and entrepreneurs uh, get started. And uh, some of that we had to kind of learn on our own. Um, but if, if you want to have a leg up, that would, that's the place I would start uh, mm -hmm. to, to get going in, in a business operation. Well, I think that's some great advice on getting started and all that. Um, on that as a follow-up question, kind of a, a challenge question. If, I don't know if you've ever watched The Apprentice or any of those other shows on TV, but from a reality TV perspective, if we could put ourselves in those shoes for a minute, if I said, hey, John, um, you've got $1,000, you've got 90 days to start over, you've got uh, pick an industry, pick whatever you want to do, you don't have to worry about transportation, you don't have to worry about food and lodging, uh, you've got a phone and a laptop and, and $1,000, what key things would you do in the first 90 days to make sure you were launching a successful business? So... Knowing what I know now, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, I would I I would take some of the advice I I shared on the previous question because I, okay I I had to you know, there are times where I had to spend a lot of money to to uh, hire folks um, that you know they they were qualified and, and great experts, um, but I I. Feel like I was early on burning cash too quickly, and sure. what you, what you don't want to do is get in, in debt quick, right? You want to you want to utilize the the resources that you have, and so some of those free resources allow you to to really define and and anytime people ask me if I should start a business, I try to talk them out of it uh, because I know if they are persistent and resilient enough, then they're gonna they're gonna see a way to make it work. They're mm. they're gonna carry it out and make that business happen. Uh, but often I try to dissuade people from starting a business uh, until they prove that they are able and and really want to stick to it. Because if I can talk someone out of a business, uh, then later if they were to start it. Otherwise, and, and I had a few obstacles or, or hurdles, uh, that's going to make them not want to continue, right? So I, I think I'd uh, rather try to, <laughs> you know. I think that's really wise. Obstacles here, you, you face obstacles every day. 
in, in running a business. And that's just the nature of it. Um, so you, you have to be persistent and, and, and grow. Um, I think that's really good advice. And I, and I like that perspective because I think, you know, so often, especially if you've never done a business before or run a business, you, it it seems very easy when you're looking at it. It's like, wow, these, you know, they, they've got flexibility and they've got all these options and that. And until you get in the middle of it and realize that, you know, your entire day can get sidetracked by 815 uh, just because of the way life goes. And, and then again, by noon, um, and again, I, lo- I, I love being an entrepreneur, but it is challenging. And I think it's that I like your perspective of, you know, discouraging at the beginning and, and, and making sure they've got that that fortitude to push through that because there's certainly times as an entrepreneur when you wonder what in the world you were thinking when you when you began all this. So. <laughs> That's absolutely right. And so I this morning it, it wasn't sidetracked by eight fifteen, it was sidetracked by eight forty five. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. There was, there was an extra half hour. Uh, just you know, I had to put out some some fires this morning. Um, before this podcast, um, but it does teach you to to stick with it, right? If you yes. can solve the small problems uh, as you grow your business, you can start to solve larger and larger problems, and then um, as you you start to have revenue and and grow, then you can afford a team to help you solve those problems, and that's 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 why you need a team that's why you build a team and you know i i think the the thing i've learned uh and and really we've only been doing this this is our fifth year full time into this business what i'm starting to to really see is how can i build into my team how can i build into my mm. my, my team they are customers in a way, right? They're internal customers, and and starting to to uh, find out their needs and find out how we can help them feel empowered to grow personally and professionally, and that just you know that adds to their their character and their abilities. It makes them more marketable if they choose to move on after working with us. And so I, I, I'm starting to to see that side of it. How can I empower my team to be the best version of themselves? And you know that becomes the win-win situation. You know we we've been able to give back to our staff and our community, and and really uh, see people grow. And meanwhile, all that allows me to grow my character and leadership at the same time. Mm, great, great perspective, John. I really, really appreciate that. Well, as such, I want to thank you for your time today. I know you've got a lot going on, and I know as we've talked in the past, uh, there's always more more to do in a day often than there is time. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share with us today and share your story. Um, let me just ask one final question. As people, let's say you know someone's out there and they uh, they're interested in learning more about these various solutions that exist. Uh, we'll put your website up and information like that, but what's the best way for them to find out? Is it is it to look for a dealer in their area? Is it to contact somebody like you that has a national presence in many ways? What would you recommend to, you know, let's just say there's a, a public safety official or even just a, a somebody who wants to start a tour company up there. What, sh- what should they do next to learn more about how you and, and your industry can help them? 
Yeah, uh, thank you. So, yes, it, it would be our website or, or contacting us um, on our website. There are uh, phone numbers for, for engaging. Uh, we have helped many uh, budding business owners, entrepreneurs start tour companies. So they'll buy a fleet of, of machines from us, uh, as well as bike rental programs. So we've we've sold, oh, I hadn't thought of that. We've sold a fleets of both, and that's allowed um, people to to start to to make their their own source of income. And and really, uh, I can um, impress all the all the things that I've learned along the way onto them. And hopefully that gives them a leg up in the process. So we've we've done some consulting um, to to support uh, these these uh, tour providers, uh, police departments. Yet yeah, we engage with them. We give them uh, advice on how to to find funding through grant programs or or getting it through forfeiture funds or or other homeland security type uh, financing programs. Uh, so yeah, we we've helped police departments and uh, fire departments, etc., find find tools and resources that uh, allow them to be successful in, in getting the equipment that they need. Awesome, awesome. Well, again, John, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. And I know as we were talking earlier, I'm sitting in Florida today and you're in uh, Michigan. If we uh, happen to cross paths as you head down to your Orlando office, uh, I'd love to catch up with you as well and see you again in person. It's been been wonderful to chat with you this morning. Again, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you get to enjoy the, the sunny weather because uh, Michigan is, uh, we're, we're probably sub 20 degrees here today so i'm sure you're enjoying the the 70 to 80 degrees there so um, after nearly 50 years in michigan it's uh in the winter i'm really glad to be spending this particular february in florida uh, so no, no no doubt about that so yeah I'll, all right I'll, well thank you everybody for joining us we really do appreciate it i'm sorry john i cut you off there go ahead no i was just saying i try to join you as soon as i can <laughs> get in that warmer weather <laughs> oh i look forward to it Everybody have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you.